should we start this off here? Episode 48 of uh, Utah in the Weeds? Yeah. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing great, Chris. I'm excited to have people listen to this conversation. Randall Nielsen, who's a patient and really got involved in the cannabis space in a unique way with his photography. Oh man, his photography is amazing. Go check it out. We, we talk about that in this episode. We'll, we'll, we'll let we'll you let listen you and listen get all of his it. links. We'll give stuff, you the, but... the website at the very end. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But no, you're going to enjoy this conversation. I've, uh, I was really excited to talk with him, especially about mental health, PTSD, and how he's using cannabis for that. Uh, but before we get into that, Tim, I want to apologize that we never got a release for our live episode that we did. Was it last week that we did that, Tim? I guess yeah, it was last week. it was week last we week on that. Friday. We did a Facebook Live. And if you want to listen to that or you want to watch it, uh, I think Facebook is the only place to get that, you know, at this point in time. Oh, and YouTube. You'd be able to go to Discover Marijuana on our feed on YouTube and rewatch that if you wanted to, to uh, listen to that conversation. We had David Sutherland, a patient. Uh, J.D. Lauritsen was on. Cole Fulmer from Salt Lake City and uh, an announcement. And then he had a strain tester. He had a, he had a, what oh, was his yes. strain tester's name? Yes, from Salt Lake City. That what it, the funnest job yes. on the planet, right? Just go test products and strains. Larson. Isn't his name Larson? It sounds, that sounds right. That yeah, sounds that was right. a fun conversation right. too. Too bad it couldn't be released, but you know what? It's just, it is what it is. It's our, it's our first uh, Facebook Live and we'll do more. We'll dial it in. We have some uh, iTunes reviews that I wanted to read. We got a couple iTunes reviews. I actually peeked this morning and I was like, oh my goodness, we got some iTunes reviews. So I want to read those really quick if that's okay, Tim. Absolutely. The first one was left by Weightlifter Z and they say, absolutely amazing. They say, my wife has been using medical marijuana since it became legal here in Utah. I recently started using it as well for ASD and my life has changed. Please keep making these if you can. Sometime do a show talking about the strains you can get at the pharmacies that have and what they are good for. I would love that. Also happy to come on the show if you ever need a guest. Hey, so that's actually a good idea. We should do an episode about uh, the lot of the common strains. That yeah, are absolutely. We should gather up all the strains that we've tried and that are available, and we should do. We should just go through them. Yeah, no, that, that was a good recommendation. Um, the next one was left by Aaron five, six, three, four. And she says, uh, I'm not in Utah, but love this podcast. And she says, as a, um, excuse me, as a cancer patient who uses medical cannabis, I learned so much from this podcast. Thanks guys. Keep up the good work. Hey, so that's awesome. They don't even live in Utah and they listen. That's sweet. I I'm glad that people are getting something out of this. I think our patient stories are good. You know, it's nice to have. It's nice to go someplace and listen to people, listen to people's stories that might be like yours, you know, like this one today with Randall, you know, if you have PTSD or you have bipolar and you're, you're just, you're on this journey to learn about cannabis and what, what works or what doesn't for people, this is a good conversation to start with. UtahMarijuana.org slash podcast is where people can listen to podcasts, right? Yes. And they can listen and read all 48 episodes. They are all there. We are all caught up, Chris. And um, yeah, again, and if you want to connect with me, utahmarijuana.org, you can chat with us and go listen to Chris's other podcast, I Am Salt Lake. Yeah, IamSaltLake.com. Go check it out. We've been chatting with some really fun people uh, on that one as well. 
A lot of local food artists and food uh, restauranteurs, chefs, people like that. So go give it a listen. Absolutely. And then you can come see us. The last thing I'll say is you can come see us at our new Bountiful location, uh, Utah Therapeutic Health Center Clinic, right next to Wholesome Co. Cannabis Company in Bountiful in the same building. So you can get your renewal or get the evaluation and introduce you right to the product right there in the same building. Super cool. Yeah, just dr- drive to Wholesome. You'll see a sign. I saw a sign there the yeah, other day when sign. I went up there. There's so. a sign right <laughs> out front. You can come see us. It's cool. cool, cool. Let's let's get into that conversation with Randall, Tim. And uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Enjoy the conversation. Tell us a little bit about you. Who's who's Randall Nielsen? Well, that's that's depends on how much time you want to spend. <laughs> uh, I'm from a small town in central Utah called Oak City. I grew up there till I was 18. It's like 600 people, so pretty small, close-minded town. Uh, Went to high school at Delta High down there. Did a lot of things that I regret, obviously, as most adults do in there, looking back at high school. But maybe it, it was an interesting place to grow up. It's it. Uh, I, I was a bit of a counterculture person there. I wasn't really well liked by a lot of people. I was a skater punk kind of kid, so I was kind of on the outside scene of things. I, I got into drugs and stuff when I was younger. Kind of broke out of that as I as I got older. Got married, divorced, married again. I've been married now for 18 years uh, to an amazing woman who's dealt with more than I could possibly imagine anybody could deal with. But uh, so I got remarried. Um, I right after that was when my mental illness kind of kicked in. Our our first son passed away after a couple days, and it really it it didn't affect me right away. It took you know, three or four years before it really kicked in. But when it kicked in, it, it kind of broke me. Um, I was in the middle of school uh, trying to get a degree and somehow I managed to get through it. I didn't get diagnosed with PTSD and bipolar until my last actual semester at school. And so I was dealing with a lot of crazy stuff during that time. And right before that had happened, I had injured myself and got on some opiates got pretty heavily hooked on them after being clean for eight years and uh, overdosed one night. And and I hadn't told my wife anything about what I was doing. And so it was a surprise to her. She didn't really know what was going on. And it was a real wake up call to me that I had gotten in over my head more than I really thought that I was going to, you know, as, as a drug addict, you kind of underestimate your involvement in things, I guess. So the next day, literally the next day, a friend of mine got me some cannabis and it was the first time I'd used cannabis in eight or nine years, but it kind of started me on the path of, of dealing with things a little bit better. Um, it got me off the opiates right away after that experience, opiates now kind of make me sick, which is absolutely wonderful. I don't know if it's kosher to say, but I've been getting cannabis from the alternative market ever since to treat pain as well as you know, the mental illnesses that I'm dealing with for work, I guess, I guess you want to know about that. I'm a photographer slash designer for climbing hold company. It's a pretty awesome job. I get to do a lot of really fun stuff and the photography work I do there kind of blends into the cannabis work and I learn stuff from both aspects. And so it's a really fun way to kind of make the two work together, I guess. You know, we'll get into this a little bit later in the interview, but people are going to want to know your photography is currently on display at 
one of the local pharmacies, right? Yeah, I was up there two weeks ago and I saw it in the in a display case at Beehive up in West Valley. Dude, it's beautiful. It is some of the Thank most you. beautiful photography. Your, I mean, your Instagram photography is beautiful too, but the the Beehive, the stuff at Beehive, yeah, is beautiful too. It's been a really fun thing to explore. Uh, it's I've been shooting for 18 years and it's it's a whole new world of photography that I've had to learn. Yeah, that close up. Uh, it, it, okay, so describe that a little bit. We we gotta we gotta talk about this a little bit. We're gonna have to go back to the mental. Okay, health. That, that's fine. That's fine. What do you want me to describe exactly? Well, I mean, how, how do you capture such close up shots, man? Like you could see every fiber of the of of the cannabis leaves and in, in every. Well, <laughs> I bought a really really nice lens. Okay. Um, it's a it's a one to five x macro, and so one x macro means that's what your eye sees one to one, right? And a five X is five times that size. And so the, the pictures you're seeing with the trichomes kind of standing out, you know, in the light and stuff like that, it's usually at five X or I've put a doubler on it. And so it's very close. Uh, I'm working like maybe a centimeter away from the plant. Right. And some of those pieces that I'm working with are no more than a quarter inch big. So I've got it like jabbed on a little pin sitting there on my on my table. And then the way that you get the actual detail is is a technique that I just learned this last fall. It's a focus stacking technique where you you take a picture at the front of the image and then you take pictures throughout the image until you get to the back and your focal point moves as you go through that. Um, and then in in software afterwards, you stack those together and it makes it so the entire thing is in focus. Oh, this, okay, this kind of makes sense. Now, now I'm going to really take a leap here, Chris. Do you feel like the work that you're doing with the cannabis, like you're getting so close to this, it really just seems like this would be like a cathartic project? You know, Oh yeah. I used to have a wood shop and you could go in there, you put the headphones on and you could build stuff and you're just, you're just in there, right? Right. Do you feel like that is your photography is that kind of therapy for you? 100%. Up until, I mean, I, I always shoot, you know, landscapes and, and wildlife and stuff like that. I'm a big bird nerd. I, I take pictures of birds all the time. But I've really struggled since I, I got on medication for my bipolar, you know, anti atypical antipsychotic. <clears throat> it kind of killed that creative drive that I had flourishing during school where I'm surrounded by artists and creating all the time. So it's been years since I've really gotten involved in a project photographically that that I kept going back to again and again and again. And yeah, this cannabis thing, you know, I, I started last, I think it was spring once I first got my, my first legal purchase in Utah. Um, it was April. I think I used my my letter recommendation letter to go up to dragonfly. And I started shooting it then. And it was, it was a way to kind of connect and, and show other people the quality that we're getting here. Cause there's a lot of negative uh, talk out there about how ghetto the, the quality of flower and stuff is here. And I mean, I've been to States where it's legal and yeah, there's stuff that's super, super high end, but we're getting there. And so I, I, I kind of want to show that off, you know, like, the naysayers that are like, yeah, this bud's no good. And it's like, well, I don't know. It looks pretty good to me, but it's been super cathartic to just, I, I have this, this crappy little office here 
but right behind me, I've got a table with a studio set up. I've got lights sitting here. I've got a blackout curtain. I've got multiple backdrops so I can do everything just sitting here in my office and the kids can be doing their homework. My wife's painting or drawing or whatever, and I can just shut the door and, and spend four or five hours through the process of taking all those pictures, stacking them, finding the right uh, flower structure to pose, the calyxes, the stigmas, stuff like that, searching for little trichomes standing out that that I can find, you know, and it's it's also kind of fun to, you know, vaporize that flower while I'm actually shooting it and get kind of a little bit more of a connection with it understand it a little bit deeper, I guess kind of sounds hippie-ish, but you know, oh, man, you got to become one with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you have to do that with any subject that you're, you're really trying to understand photographically. I mean, if you're shooting photos of a person, you have to talk to them and get to know them a little bit and understand them in order to really capture the essence of who they are in a photograph. And it's, I, I've kind of approached this flower project as the same way as a portrait setup where I'm actually setting up the lights very similar to a portrait setup and I'm posing the flower, if you will, you know, trying to, to find these really weird little shaped clusters of calyxes and stuff like that, that are kind of an abstract, but also, you know, really cool looking because they're covered in trichomes and, and hairs and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, it's something I've, I, I, I have a hard time not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it draws you in to the point where, like, like I said, at the beginning of our discussion here, you know, we'll get to the photography, but it just draws you in as, as just such, it's such a cool um, thing. I mean, I'm, I've got one on my, I've got one as my, my screensaver, you know, like I'm. That's amazing to hear. Uh, I, I love having people connect with my work, whatever it may be, but I've, I've gotten compliments and stuff like that through my Instagram page. But the coolest thing that's come from it is I've shared a little bit of my, my bipolar and PTSD on there in, in posts, but I have people coming to me, you know, messaging me in the private messages that are asking me for suggestions on flower on, on what works for whatever symptoms they're trying to treat. Um, asking me for advice on different things. And it's, it's probably the coolest thing that's come out of this is being able to connect with other people and just say, yeah, this works for me because of this and this. Um, I try to treat the flower strictly as a medicine when I'm using it. I try to, you know, analyze the effects that it's having on me and, and the symptoms I'm treating with it so that I can say to someone, yeah, this is what I was doing and not sound like a fool. Do you, um, you mentioned before that you were on some, you know, some uh, antidepressants and some antipsychotics. And one of the really, one of the kind of depressing side effects of those medications is this uh, downregulation of creativity, kind of this, you know, this really, it just kind of makes the world gray. Yeah. Right? It takes, that's how I've heard it described. Or, And do you feel like with cannabis, that has brought back that it's that's like how you've how you've gained this creativity back it's been essential in my work as a hold designer you know i don't know if people understand what i'm saying indoor climbing gyms i design the grips that go on the wall so i i shape them out of foam and then i work for the company that we mold them and put them out and sell them whatever 
And so I spend a lot of time in my garage, basically sculpting foam. And when you're on the downswing of a bipolar episode and you're just so depressed, you don't care about much, but you still have to be creative. There's no way I could do it without cannabis. It takes away that, that flat feeling from the depression. And it allows me to be in the moment more rather than being stuck in this fog. You know, I mean, we could talk about, we've been, I've been doing a lot of research on mental health and cannabis and like where in the brain it works. And this, you know, I mean, you're, you're upregulating things and you're downregulating things. But one of the things that we are trying to counteract is these effects of the typical prescription medications, because those are just, they're, they're just harsh side effects. You know, they tend to work you know, in some ways and for a lot of people, but they're, but the side effects are just so harsh. And so trying to find a balance in mental health treatment with cannabis is, is a very up and coming, um, field with, with like really interesting brain research. Have you decreased your medications or changed them because of the cannabis? I've definitely, so I had a prescription for Xanax for, you know, anxiety, panic attack type stuff. I used it three or four years ago. We went out to New York, New Jersey for a vacation and I didn't have any cannabis with me while I was there. And so as I was dealing with extreme anxiety, I I was taking that and it was making me feel better in one way, but worse in other ways. Luckily, by the end of the trip, uh, a very kind friend out there had found me some edibles from someone who was a medical patient in New Jersey. And, and I was able to actually relax enough to enjoy the flight home and not be miserable the whole time. I'm very happy to be off of benzos. I hate them. Um, I try not to use them anyway, but ever since I've, I've been buying medically in Utah, uh, I have not had to take a single Xanax. Hmm. There you go. As far as the atypical antipsychotics and stuff like that, you know, I got really lucky that I only had to go through three or four meds before I found one that worked. And then just recently we added an antidepressant so that I could kind of stay out of those nine month long mild depressions that, that I tend to get into. But the cannabis is a very, very active part of my treatment plan. I have a variety of not only different types of flour, but I have tinctures and edibles and vape pens and stuff like that so that I can tailor exactly what I need for the symptoms that I'm dealing with. Because with the PTSD bipolar combo, sometimes you just don't know what the hell you're going to, you're going to find when you wake up, you know, you can be happy and having a good day and you wake up the next day and it's going to be three or four weeks of pure hell of, of being miserable and depressed or even worse, getting into a mixed episode where your anxiety is amped up and, and the cannabis is essential in calming me down. Um, the way that I used to describe it to my wife before she got her med card and and got to understand how it works is it's, it's like a nerve blanket. So it's like, my nerves are just fried. They're frazzled. They're, they're raw. And it's like somebody just put a blanket around those nerves and just calmed them down and helped me relax. It's a good way to explain it. That is a good way to explain it. Have you been able to get the product that you need around around town, right? All all the way since since uh you know we see uh, dragonflies having their year 
you know, their year anniversary all over social media, right? We've been right. doing this a year. During the pandemic, I'm I'm sure you guys experienced it or understood it. The whole uh, show up at Dragonfly and wait for four hours because I drove up from Utah County. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wait 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 in the car for four hours because I've got no other option, and then I'd spend five to a five hundred to a thousand dollars because I don't want to come back up for a couple months. You know, and so once the other pharmacies started opening up, it's it was hard for me to get out of that mindset of having to stock up. I literally drive by Deseret Wellness on my way to and from work every day. It's it's one of the biggest blessings in my life. I can just stop on my way home and say, I need some tincture today. I'm out. And, you know, they've had pretty much everything that I've needed most of the time. I mean, there's obviously been some shortages of flour here and there. And, and it's been a little bit slow going getting like the RSO and the concentrates and things like that going. But other than maybe needing a little bit more on the concentrate side of things, um, I've been pretty happy with with everything that I've been able to get a hold of. Do you like those guys down there at Deseret? Oh yeah, they're great. They're awesome. Yeah, I, I love going in there. Uh, I dropped off a few photos to them just so that they could put them in their break room and stuff. And so we always talk about that kind of stuff when I go in. It's it's great. I know, right? Like at Beehive, your backgrounds are all black and the vibe in there is a little different. Down at Deseret, the vibe's white. You're going to have to have a white background with your... Well, I I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely doable. But yeah, I really like... I I like the way things are are starting to pan out. Um, It would be nice, you know, once the, the other pharmacies down south open up so that there's a little bit more option if I'm traveling that way. But you know, if you're prepared, it's not that big of a deal anyway, because I don't have to worry about driving with cannabis anymore. <laughs> isn't that nice? Yeah. I don't, that I nice? don't medicate before I drive, but if I'm going on a three hour drive, I know that by the end of it, I'm going to get there and I'm going to get medicated and I'm going to feel better. And so it makes that drive a little bit more tolerable. What's your favorite way to consume cannabis? Like you mentioned all the ways. Okay. So, oh, vaping. Okay. Yeah, dry herb vape is is my favorite. The I I love the whole plant aspect of it. What kind of vaporizer yeah. do you have out there? What was that one? This is a a riser solo two. Um, I'm not familiar with A R I Z E R. A R I Z E R riser two, and it's um looks like it's got a a pretty good sized battery there. So this one, it's it's not awesome for being portable as far as outside the home, but for being in the house and walking around, it's amazing. It, it's about a three hour battery life, but you can also use it while you're charging. My favorite thing about it is it's an all glass vapor path. So the flower never touches anything besides glass. Um, there's glass stems that you, you pack flower in the end, and then you put it down in the chamber and it's got a convection air coming through and heating it up as you draw. People who get into vaporizers, they end up in this glass or ceramic um, thing, don't they? Right. It's the, all about the taste. I mean, is the flavor is amazing? Right? The flavor is a little bit better. The draw with yours with your vaporizer is the does the draw have to be really slow? Like the Firefly is is it doesn't have a glass all the way through, but but the draw has to be so slow to get that air to warm the the plant. No, it's it's pretty it's got like this jet fire thing at the bottom of it. And so it's, it, the chamber is heated partially, but then it's got the heat jets underneath so that as you draw it just heats it immediately. 
Um, so the only thing that affects the draw is how tightly you pack it. Did you get that here? Did you get the vaporizer here locally or did you have to order it? No, I ordered it. This is actually, I've, I've had three of theirs okay. so far. I gave the, I have a smaller portable one that I gave away to a friend and I just ordered another one like two weeks ago and they still haven't gotten it to me. So if you're going to go for a riser, do it from planet of the vapes or a, another <laughs> second party, their customer service isn't great. Their products are amazing. But yeah, I've, I, as soon as the law was passed to a little over two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It was a December that it, that it happened. I got a letter of recommendation from my, my, uh, APRN, my psych APRN. I've been working with her for seven years now. We're very well versed on what works for me and what doesn't. And so she's very supportive of this. She's actually become a QMP recently. So I'm going to have her taking over my card recertification stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, as soon as that law passed, I bought a vaporizer and I stopped smoking and I, I tried it once since then. And it tasted like I was sucking on an exhaust of a car. Yeah. You're, you know, I think I wish everybody had that experience, huh, Chris? With what? Smoking it? (laughs) With smoking it, right? Like, you know, there's been some, I don't know if I'd say smoking on the exhaust of a car though. That's well, I'm talking yeah, like the flavor, sure, right? the flavor was just not there from the okay, smoke okay. and my lungs hurt the next day. My mouth tasted like I drank hot coffee and burned all my taste buds off. Like it was, it was such an unpleasant experience that I'm just like, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to, we're going to put you on a commercial for the department of health. <laughs> they, I'm they love you, they love you right all now. of a sudden. You're gonna, they love yeah. you. No, it's, it's great. Right. No, I mean, there, but you speak a lot of truth because I mean, I used to be a, a cigarette smoker and now when I get around cigarettes, I'm just like, oh, that's disgusting. What's going on? You know, when, when right. you're, when you're, I, I was when you're part of it, you don't think it's going on, you know, until you pull up. Do you guys get, still get that craving though, um, of cigarette smoke? You walk, you walk around somewhere and you, you'll smell somebody smoking cigarettes and you're like, Oh man, that just, that smells like it would taste good. No, not really. Is, am I the only one that happens to dang uh, on a, on a very rare occasion. Should I have, should I have not admitted that? <laughs> no, no, I, I hear of people that that happens to, but it just doesn't happen to me luckily. So I don't know. I think it's because we, because I grew up with some smokers yeah. and so it's got some sort of limbic system, some sort of like emotional brain <laughs> connection for me. Right. It brings me back to some childhood thing where I was like, oh yeah, my family smokes. So did we ask what your favorite strain is, Randall? What's your favorite strain, your all time favorite strain that you're enjoying or at least strain you're enjoying these days? All, <clears throat> all time favorite. It's a, it's kind of a tie between Afgu and Durban Poison. Because Afgu, I haven't been able to find it in years, but it's just mind-blowingly good. It's amazing. Um, but the Durban Poison that came out from Standard Wellness uh, last fall, I, I stocked up on that when it came out because it, it it was fire. I actually just vaped the last of mine a couple days ago. It's been fantastic. But as far as like being able to regularly go back and get medicine, Dragonfly's Lava Cake and now I, I recently got it the second round or maybe the third round of the standard wellness miracle alien cookies. Okay. And they, they both have the same effect on me as far as uh, anti-anxiety and being able to just kind of calm my overactive brain. Is that the same with Durban poison? Cause isn't Durban poison a pretty good sativa? 
It is, but because it's a land race, it acts very different than almost every other sativa. Like I, I picked up some of the Good Sun uh, Green Wildfire, uh-huh. Green Crack. Yeah, that stuff gives me some anxiety, and and I have to use it like when I when I'm depressed and I need that upper. It's great for that. But the Durban Poison, it calmed me down. I, I don't know why. It was just it's, yeah, those- it's great. This, this finding that equilibrium, man, finding the equilibrium, finding that, that happy place with the flower and like all that's going on in there, the entourage effect. Yeah. That's cool that you're using different strains for different types of things. And I think it's good for people to hear too, right? Like that green crack. I mean, it, yeah, it can give you a little anxiety. So you got to watch out. Yeah, definitely. Some people, Durban poison would be the same way, right? It's. A, uh, I did. Yeah, I talked to. I think one of the bud tenders over at, or the pharmacy agent, sorry, over at uh, Deseret, and he said, yeah, it, it gave him a little bit too much anxiety. He didn't really like it that much, but like my wife, who has high anxiety as well, um, it was the same thing for her. Just completely calm and relaxing, and and yeah, just so mellow. interesting. Just yeah. goes to show you that it's so it's so self. Right. Like you have to give yourself permission, first of all, to experiment with your medicine. Yeah. And this is so foreign to people. Well, it's bizarre. Yeah. But you say, but on the other hand, you said it in the beginning of our interview, you, you were lucky with bipolar and you took, it took you about three medications to find the right one. Mm-hmm. So most people with your condi- with a bipolar condition or a, a severe mental health condition, you know, they might try three, four, five, six different medications over the course of a couple of years, right? Yeah. Mind you, a couple of years in order to find the right medications. And so is it that much different that we're trying different strains, different delivery methods, different ways of right different consumption methods with cannabis I, I i could see there's an argument that it's not that much different except you have to give yourself permission to experiment it's the stigma right we're right. not supposed to be doing this anyway because it's federally illegal and so for me most of my life it's been something that you don't talk about you know there's the code you know people <laughs> You, you can tell, you can tell that guy's a stoner, you know, but you, you don't really, you don't really talk about this kind of stuff because you don't want to be prosecuted for it. Right. You don't want to get in trouble. And so, yeah, right. you ha, ha, now you have the ability to say, Hey, I can go do this. I can go to the store. I can try this out. If it doesn't work for me, I can go back and try something else. And I can drive to and from there comfortably knowing that if a cop pulls me over, he's isn't that help. awesome? As long as I'm not medicated, it's it's amazing. Have you run into any yes. problems with the law since anything? Or I mean, have, I was just curious. I have not. I I kind of like anxiously yeah. awaiting, like excited, but not. You know, uh-huh. it, it, it's just nice to have that. I I had a run in with with law enforcement. Um, it was right before I got diagnosed. Uh, I was I was self medicating, and I I was being dumb on a manic tear and, and I ran into law enforcement and got charged charged with cannabis to not with, have with that possession. anxiety. Yeah. I got charged with possession and paraphernalia and to not have that, that paranoia and anxiety, you know, of, 
are my neighbors going to smell it? I'm out in the garage. Are they going to know? Are they going to call the cops? You know, like it's, it's hard to really let yourself have permission to medicate when nobody else wants to give you that permission. And so now that we have this law that says, yeah, go do it, go try to find something that works for you. The only thing that's weird about it is it's kind of uh, you know, you go figure it out. Maybe you talk to your pharmacist or you talk to your doctor a little bit, but it's still kind of just an experimental thing. Whereas with pharmaceuticals, they've got a longer history of what it can treat. And so they can put you in a, a little bit better general direction right away, theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically, you can, you kind of have, these are the, this is the algorithm and you know, this right. is how you treat it. Well, this I mean, besides, bipolar. you don't have the EVS system to work through. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> you can just write a prescription on my side. You can just write a prescription. They can take it down. They can fill it and they can start feeling better. Well, I mean, a perfect example is like for bipolar, the go-to is lithium, right? Yeah. And it has been for years. There's some horrible side effects from lithium and you have to monitor it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like we were saying, they have that general direction, but they're still kind of spitballing and like, well, let's throw this at the wall and see if it sticks. No, that one made you sleep for 16 hours a day. That one's not going to work. Let's let's throw this one. Oh, that one made you feel like you wanted to tear your skin off. Maybe that one's not a good one. The advantage of doing it with cannabis is you don't <laughs> have those gave you the munchies effects, and this you know? one, made, you know, right? Yeah. Oh, this one made me take a nap. <laughs> this one made me watch Ferris Bueller. This right. one gave me anxiety, so I'll stay away from that one. And this one made me shoot these amazing photos. Let's stick like with the that worst one. thing: anxiety. There, like you just listed a bunch of like stuff that happens, but like the right, I mentioned not like yeah. tearing my but skin. But the worst off of or, that is like, and that's really not. You know, that's like, oh, I I used the wrong flower, and I have three hours of anxiety. I don't have right. I don't have like two days or two months of anxiety trying to get used to this medication. That's the other thing about traditional medications is the, you know, the, the standard education is, okay, start with this dose. We'll ramp up to this dose. If you feel bad side effects, we'll cut you back. We won't stop it and change it. We're just going to keep you on it. Like this is a three month trial. Yeah. This isn't like a three day trial. We're going to give you this for three months, measure your liver function. Yeah. Right. So you don't get lithium toxicity. You don't end up in the hospital. Yeah, it's scary shit, man. Like you read those, you read those warning labels on some of that medicine, and you're like, I really don't want to take this. But yeah, like, it's what helping. are my other choices? Right. Well, now your choice is medical cannabis. Right. So, like benzos, perfect example. Um, they're one of the worst things to come off of once you become dependent on them. You know, there are people mm -hmm. that have literally killed themselves because they were under so much extreme pain in one way or another coming off of those drugs and to not even have to deal with that is the a huge blessing you know to be able to say like like i was telling chris earlier uh before we started recording yesterday was actually not a good day for me to do this so today works out better because yesterday i was super high anxiety i had to take a high dose of of that standard rso and it didn't even kick in until like fully until our interview would have been over. Mm -hmm. But I know that it works for me. It's not as instant necessarily as a benzo, but it 
as far as treating my anxiety symptoms, a high dose of edibles does the exact same thing, only better. How often do you have those days, you know, with your conditions? And is that, do you think that those days are decreasing overall? It depends. Uh, it's kind of situational. Um, my PTSD is, is fairly complex. There's, there's death. And then I, I rolled a car a couple of years ago. Um, and so driving is an issue for me. And there's, there's a lot of, of issues that go into my, my anxieties. Um, and whenever I'm in an elevated or lowered mood state from the bipolar, it ramps up those anxieties quite significantly. And so it's something that I, that I still deal with fairly regularly. Um, maybe not every day, maybe not every week, but, but it definitely happens pretty often. Like I, I worry about my kids walking home from school still like pretty heavily to where I check the ring sometimes, you know, in the middle of the day to make sure they made it home mm -hmm. just because I have that anxiety about a child dying. Therapy has helped immensely. It's helped me be able to actually talk about it without breaking down. But I don't know. I, I was I was up skiing with a friend the other day, and and he asked me. He's a doctor, uh, an ER doctor, and he's like, "Do you think you're ever going to get past this?" And I couldn't give him an answer because I don't know. I know that I'm at a point where I can function with it and get through life and not have it break me apart like it used to. But it still affects me, you know, fairly regularly. This idea of getting past it is might not be the right way to, you know, in my opinion, this is my opinion about behavioral health, but it might not be the right way to look at it. You're over time. If you can try to tell yourself a new story, right? That's, that's really the, that's what we're trying to do with behavioral health. And with these mental health therapies is trying to allow the patient to not have to avoid certain certain situations like you, if you roll the car, we've got to have you be able to drive a car and not right. avoid driving a car. So we, we need to learn that behavior, but we need to learn a story. We need to teach the brain a new story. The new story being your kids are coming home. They're right. safe. Well, and You're going to get to the store in your car. You're safe, right? And that seems to be time-related plus all of these therapies. Yeah, but, definitely. But I'm not sure it I'm not sure we we want to understand it like get past it. Get past it to me. Um I, there was a study that I read recently about how they figured they're starting to understand how cannabis helps with PTSD and it helps rewrite those traumatic memories like you're talking about to to rewrite that story. And, and to me, getting past it is getting past those triggers. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I was triggered the other day by just a random situation being in the, in the wrong place at the wrong time. And something just snapped in me and I had to leave and, and go, you know, kind of collect myself. And that's what I mean by getting past. I want to get past the point where I have to worry about that as much. Yes. You know, and, and like I said, that, that depends a lot on therapy, but also on medication. Oh, totally. And cannabis makes it easier to, to not have to avoid those situations. Right. Right. You were mentioning, uh, like not having to hide, like, like smell a cannabis with the neighbors and, and friends and da, 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 da. I mean, are your family and friends and whatnot pretty supportive of your cannabis use or are you still kind of 
don't talk about it or, or what's that situation? You were mentioning your wife is a medical cannabis patient as well. I'm not shy about it. I don't openly go to my neighbors and uh, actually, I guess I did my next door neighbor <laughs> after, after I got my card, I just said, Hey man, just so you know, if you smell anything, it's legal. Don't worry about it. You don't need to call the cops. He's like, cool. No problem. I have other neighbors that wouldn't react the same way. So I haven't approached them about it. I'm more than happy to discuss it with them if they feel like it needs to be discussed. My family is very supportive. Uh, my mom, now that she understands kind of more about it, she's very supportive of it and very glad that I'm doing it. My dad is actually looking into maybe getting a medical card for himself. He's had some, you know, he's got metal plates in his back and, and different things like that. And so he's actually starting to look into it, which is a surprise because I, I didn't think that that would ever really happen. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm pretty supported in it and, and I'm pretty glad I was just curious because I know a lot of people or a handful of people that I've talked to, they're interested in it, but they're nervous of like what their family might think and they don't feel they have anybody to talk to about it. I don't know. And I'm sure Tim's seen similar people like that, you know, or, or talk to people like that. You oh, know? Yeah. So I'm sure I mean, it's common here in Utah because takes... people live in Utah. I mean, no offense, <laughs> but it's like, this is Utah and people don't know how to use cannabis and or, or how to, uh, to even approach it, how to even approach it. Yeah. And that's why for me, like I'm not judging anybody for smoking or doing anything that's not spot on with the law. For me, I try to follow the law as well as I can, you know, like to the letter so that I'm promoting it as a medicine and not as somebody just getting high, you know, because that's the big, the big argument from everybody against it was it's just going to turn into recreational, you know? And in my eyes, if you're posting on Instagram, you doing bong loads with the lighter, you know, that's smoking it. And, and, and you signed a document that said you weren't going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think being on point with it and, and following those rules and treating it like a medicine, that that's what kind of brought my mom around and, and made her more understanding about it was saying, okay, mom, here's the law. This is what I can do. This is what is allowed, you know, and, and, you know, the fact that I wasn't smoking it around her and stuff like that, I think it, it really had an impact and, and helped her understand a little bit better that people in Utah are trying to treat this as medicine, not just as a subversive way to get recreational weed. Again, can I, can we call the department of and, and have you be their spokesperson? I if just, they want to pay me. Let's go for it. <laughs> I don't disagree with you at all. I think that you have hit the nail on the head when it comes to destigmatizing the plant for Utahns. It's about laying out the rules, you know, laying out the benefits, the risks, saying that it's legal, educating people about it, and giving them access. Yeah. And then and then you and then treating it like another tool in the toolbox from my side, the provider side, right? And then um you know, see what happens. Yeah. And I think, I think even a big part of that is just how we talk about it, how we, what words we use to describe it. Right. Yeah. If we're saying, Hey, I got to go get my weed. Somebody's going to be like, uh, but if you're like, I've got to go pick up some cannabis, I'm having some anxiety. They, they tend to have a little bit more understanding and like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense that it would be something that you could use. Yes. What would you tell somebody who's listening that might be a little apprehensive about trying it? What would you tell them? Like they might be a little skeptical. So my wife was, 
even after I got my card um, or had my letter and, and got my card, she was still a little bit skeptical about using it for herself, about getting her card. And I'm like, hey, you've experienced the same trauma that I have. You know, it's okay for you to go and find something that helps you treat this anxiety that you're dealing with on a daily basis. And for her, it was taking away that whole smoking aspect and turning it into a medicine, you know, like we're going to go get you some gummies. We're going to start you at 0.25 milligrams so that you don't freak out, you know, cause even mm -hmm. that five milligram can make some people really turned off to, to cannabis as medicine. They're like, no, that was too much. I, I can't do it. You know, but you, you go two and a half. That's it's nice to see some of the smaller doses coming for those kind of patients. You know, like some of the tinctures, these, uh, my wife has one of the Boojum sprays that's only 2.3 or 2.4 milligrams per spray, you know? And so for her, five milligrams is her max. She doesn't want to take more than that because it makes her feel loopy and out of control. And that five milligrams, that five milligrams is almost too much to, to be able to go do the things she needs to do throughout the house and throughout the day. And so if she takes that two and a half, she knows that her anxiety is going to be lessened, but she's not going to have that messed up head that she's, you know, trying to avoid. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to Boojum for those uh, sprays. Their we tinctures are amazing. And their tinctures oh. are pretty good too. They're everything about their tinctures and sprays are amazing. I, I have one. Did in you catch my that episode we uh, recorded with uh, what's, what's his name in my mind? Dashel. Yeah. Dashel. Uh, da Dashel. I haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, you got to listen to that one. We we talked to them about the whole the Boojum tree and their whole uh, outlook on things. And they they've got some legit um products. I read their research papers and um yeah, I really like that company. I like their products. One of the great things about them besides their products is like in their social media, they're doing everything they can to educate patients about why they're putting what they're putting into their product and why it should be helpful for you. Yes. Instead of just, here's a tincture, it's got some THC and CBD, good luck. They're saying, you know, here's a tincture with citrol in it. The citrol does this, this is why you want this one. If that doesn't work, go get the myrcene one or the limonene one. Or, you know, they're starting to tailor it for exactly what people need. Yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. And their their products are really cool. Yeah. So, Randall, what's your website? Do you have a website up for people to uh, look at your, to connect with you or... Um, to see your photography? Yeah, it's nielsenphoto.com, N-I-E-L-S-O-N, photo.com. Just my last name. And right now, I, I still have to go figure some things out. I got it roughly thrown together the other night because I was worried you'd ask me about it. Yeah. I just updated all the photos. I had a bunch of old stuff on there that wasn't that cool. And so I, I updated it recently and got got some of the more recent uh, macro stuff on there. I'll tell you what, if you are, if you have listened all the way to the end of this podcast and then you have got a treat because nielsenphoto.com, I am on it right now. And I'm telling you what, these photos are fire. Thank you. They're <laughs> off the hook. I mean, trichomes in detail. You've got that brown. I don't even know what to call that. Like that tail off the top of the flower. I think that's the stigma. The stigma? I mean, these the, things The are, little hair thing, yeah. They're so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, people are going to love this. 
I don't want to get any hopes up, but I did just receive from China today an adapter for a microscope objective for my camera so that I can get way beyond that 5X magnification and, and get in there even further. Oh, yeah. So stay it's becoming tuned. a little bit of an addiction. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I'm, if I'm you're spending... buying microscopic lenses from China, then yes, I could. See it's that. the only place I could find what I needed. Sadly you need to put enough, some of these but... photos in your office, Tim. Yeah, it's done. This is on the list. There's no question that you're going to be able to see these photos in my office. You know, I'm not 100 percent sure if it works yet. I'm trying to set it up so that People can buy prints off the website. I don't know if anybody's going to have a problem printing pictures of cannabis. So I've got to make a test print or two. And, and Dude, if you order took these somewhere, they wouldn't that, even know what it was. If that works Like out. if you just, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I that's agree. true. With, with the macro you know ones, what? for sure. Yep, for sure. And we're going to put a blog post together about this because it's Thank so you. cool. Yeah, I, sure. I love these this are really plant, cool. I, man. I'm sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Tim's looking at I'm weed just, porn, like, you know? I'm mesmerized by these photos. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at weed porn. I'm okay with that. I will not right? complain. It kind of is. That, I mean, that's really what it, what it kind of looks yeah. like. Sorry. But cool, man. Yeah, go check out his <laughs> photography. It's. Uh, I mean, that's that's what, when when I saw that you were interested you. in coming on the podcast, Randall, I was like, man, I already love his, his Instagram stuff, you know? And so that was why I was just like. Thank right, you. your your outdoor that. photos are cool. Your uh, your story is great. Um, you know, I'm really excited for you. I think I'm just so happy that you found that creativity again. Yeah. Through cannabis. Yeah, it's it, that's just exciting. It's a game changer for sure. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do for work without it. It's just there's times when my mental health doesn't want me to do anything and, and I have to do it. And, and cannabis usually almost always makes it happen. Anything, anything else you want to talk to him about Tim or anything you want to talk about Randall or anything? I mean, I know, I know you really wanted to touch about mental health and, and PTSD and all that. I wanted to make sure you talked about everything that you wanted to talk about there. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we, we kind of covered everything. Yeah, your website one more time is uh, nielsenphoto.com. And then your Instagram is uh, what's your Instagram name? I didn't have that written. Uh, so the one for the, the, the cannabis is utah.herbal.medication. Cool. Um, and then I've got a separate one for just random photos at Randall Nielsen Photo. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you. you. having it. I appreciate it. Um, Thank you for liking my work. <laughs> yeah, it's bet. nice to hear. All right, everybody stay safe out there.